From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hello, welcome to Bridging Philly. Spring has come early in Philadelphia. The nation's largest and longest running horticultural event is here. We'll check in with some horticulturalists and hobbyists who are participating in the annual Philadelphia Flower Show with an exclusive pre-opening day walkthrough. Scientific research by researchers on our work cleaning and greening vacant lots has found up to a 30% reduction in gun crime and almost a 78% reduction in feelings of depression and worthlessness. The hit TV show Abbott Elementary recently featured Philly's own mural arts. Sharaday Howard sits down with Jane Golden, who heads up the country's largest public art program, to learn more. When we are working on public art projects, there's something powerful about art that is pulling us together, that's shining a light on our difference, but underscoring our commonality. It's the same with a show like Abbott and why people across our city are cheering the show and across the nation. That's all ahead on Bridging Philly. This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. The Philadelphia Flower Show is a much-anticipated event, and at 194 years old, it's still quite a stunner, a feast for the senses that does not disappoint. This year's theme is quite electric, if you will. Let's learn more about that, along with details about the show and its origins from Pennsylvania Horticultural Society President Matt Rader. BHS was founded in 1827, so almost 200 years, and we work year-round to use plants and greening and gardening to make this region as healthy as it can be. So you find us here at the Flower Show for nine days, but you find us in 250 neighborhoods, city and suburbs, all year long. I think that's important to know. It's not just the Flower Show. There are things that you guys are doing in the communities. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the greening and the different things you do in the communities? So the Flower Show is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And what it helps us do is plant trees in hundreds of neighborhoods, more than 3,000 trees last year, support neighbors to create community gardens where they grow vegetables together, Uh, train people and place them in green jobs, working in landscaping and horticulture, cleaning and greening vacant lots, and then also maintaining some amazing public gardens and landscapes like Logan Circle, Meadowbrook Farm in Abington, the Grounds of the Art Museum, and many other beloved areas for Philadelphians. So when we're driving around and we see all these nice little uh, areas of green and pretty flowers and things of that nature, we can thank PHS. Correct. And you can thank yourself if you came to the flower show and helped support us. So talk to me about those little things that are happening in the communities where people are building the little gardens and things of that nature. Do they know about the resources that you guys offer at PHS? And how do you get the word out? We have community partners all over the region. So we work with volunteer groups and uh, staffed community organizations, hundreds of them, to get the word out. And we have members who are thousands of people across the region who join PHS to support our work. And we have tens of thousands of volunteers. So a lot of people are involved. We like to always spread the word. And if somebody doesn't know, go to phsonline.org. Take a look. Getting involved in PHS and gardening is a really powerful way to connect with your neighbors and make all of us healthier and happier. Well, what sparked your interest in gardening and greenery? So I love a city that is a wonderful place to live. And I think that having trees and community gardens and beautiful gardens to access is a life-enriching thing. And so I've always loved it. I love the feeling of walking down a tree-lined street on a spring day or checking out somebody's new flower box. And the chance to uh, nurture that and help grow that in Philadelphia is why I wanted to be at PHS. 
And then greening and cleaner communities makes for safer communities. And I think that's something that that's important for people to know. Yeah, scientific research by researchers at University of Pennsylvania on our work cleaning and greening vacant lots has found up to a 30% reduction in gun crime and almost a 78% reduction in feelings of depression and worthlessness. So this is really transformative to imagine having a vacant lot across the street that's not cared for versus one that is grass and trees and nicely fenced and kept clean. It changes your life. And so you provide the tools and the resources or at least point people in the communities on where to go to, to start doing things like that in their own neighborhoods. We help people gather the skills. We help provide the supplies and materials. So if we're talking about trees, we cut the sidewalk pits, we purchase the trees, and then we support residents to actually do it, to get their trees in the ground, to work with neighbors to get permission and to water them. And then we also work with uh, professional groups, so landscape contractors, mostly small neighborhood businesses or nonprofits, uh, many of which are black and brown-owned businesses. Uh, We create opportunities for them to be paid to work on taking care of vacant lots and improving the city. Okay, and once again, that's all thanks to the Flower Show every year. So let's get into this. Every year, these displays are more spectacular than the next one. Tell me about how this all comes together. I know there's some students, there's some professionals. So I say the Philadelphia Flower Show, it's America's greatest horticultural event by far. So if you're somebody who loves plants and flowers, you got to be here. Other cities have flower shows, nothing like this. This is also an amazing group project. So thousands of people from across the Philadelphia region and around the country and around the world come together to create amazing exhibits, uh, showcase their house plants, create botanical jewelry, judge it all. It's all a competition. Uh, and welcome our guests. So it is really a team effort of thousands and thousands of people. Tell me about the competition. How does that work, and what do people go away with? Every part of the flower show is organized into competitive groups, and when you come, you'll see the medals and the judges' comments and the ribbons, and things are judged in lots of different ways. You really come away with bragging rights. There's no, no cash prizes here, uh, but we have educational institutions competing. We have professional landscapers. We have people who grow house plants. We have botanical jewelry. We have press plants. On and on and on. Everybody competing and learning from each other. So this is the kind of competition where you, you're certainly competing, but you're also looking at the next person and going, "Oh, there's an idea I can take. Let me talk to them." And something I want everyone to understand about the flower show is a lot of the experts are here. So if you're looking at a display and you love it, look for the person wearing a badge and ask them questions. Talk to them. It's a great chance to learn and interact with real experts in the field. What's the criteria? Are there any rules for the different displays or is the sky the limited? The bigger, the better, and as long as you can get it in here. So we go out in the world to try to find the best talent and bring it here to Philadelphia. So we invite the professional exhibitors into the show. In the competitive classes, which are the non-professionals, we set rules for each class, what you have to do, the challenge you have to meet. And then we offer workshops for people to help learn the skills and they come and exhibit in the show and do an amazing job. Can you just go over some of the different themes? Because every year I see different wild themes that I've never even thought about. Talk about some of the themes that you've seen over the years that have really wowed people. Oh, we do so many beautiful things. This year's theme is the Garden Electric, and it's this wonderful experience of just the energy from receiving a flower. Imagine when somebody hands you a beautiful bouquet, You feel something, right? And that something is the Garden Electric. That's the word. And so as you come through this year's flower show, every exhibit you see is in some ways 
trying to summon that feeling and give you that jolt of energy. And in the entrance garden, you'll get it more than any where you're just completely surrounded by orchids and cut flowers and tropical plants and just a beautiful, beautiful immersive experience, which is so welcome after gray, gray days of Philadelphia in the late winter. What's the farthest people have traveled to come here? We have an exhibitor this year coming from Singapore, and we have exhibitors from all over the U.S., and we have judges that come from all over the world. In the press plant section, you'll find entries from China. We have a team from Chengdu in China producing an amazing floral panda. So this really is a showcase of the world uh, and also local talent. So the best of the best. Okay, so let's get to some of uh, house cleaning items. How long are you guys are going to be here? What are the hours and who's welcome to come? Everybody is welcome to the flower show. Uh, tickets are for sale online at phsonline.org, and that ticket buys you both a day at the flower show and a contribution to making this region greener and more beautiful and safer all year long. Public hours are 10 to 8 on Saturday and 10 to 7 uh, during the weekdays. And we invite everybody to come. And if you want to come early in the morning, you can join as a PHS member at phsonline.org. And there's a member hour at the start of each day, which is your chance to see the flower show up close and personal. So for people who are thinking about coming to the flower show, but they might be on the fence, what do you want to tell them? You can't miss it. This is spring come early. Beat the gray. Come out and enjoy the show. Have a great day with your family and friends and get ready for what's going to be a beautiful spring and summer here in Philadelphia. And of course, it's back in the convention center because of COVID. It was outside for a while. So bigger, better and back inside. Bigger, better, back inside. So excited to be back home in Center City. Easy to get here by regional rail. Jump on the train, have a nice day out and enjoy the flower show. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. With no less than a quarter million people in attendance each year, it's no wonder that the flower show attracts horticultural enthusiasts from across the country. Valerie Casastimo is a florist from Atlanta. She's participating this year as part of an organization called Black Girl Florists. It's a group of black women who support each other's businesses. We are from everywhere. We have a team today of 14, Mighty 14, and we are coming from all over the domestic United States, from South Carolina, Louisiana, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, we're here from all over. Now, when did this start? Is this a group of women that got together and decided they were into horticulture and to do different uh, events like this? How did it all come about? We got started in the summer of 2020 during the, the racial turmoil that was happening. We noticed that a lot of people wanted to support Black-owned businesses. So it started with a list so that people can support Black women-owned businesses. And then eventually the women wanted an organization. They wanted support. Okay, so tell me more about the organization. What do you guys do on a, on a week-to-week or monthly basis? So our main goal is to support and champion Black women in the floral industry. There are amazing um, organizations that already do exist in floral. So what I do is I work with those existing organizations to bring resources back to us so that we can participate and so that we can create representation in those areas. Can you give me a little bit of a more of an idea of how many Black women florists there are? Just a rough idea of how many you've come across. So in our organization, we interact daily with about 300 to 500 black women-owned businesses in the floral industry, and that's registered businesses. So there are so many more of us that are hobbyists, that love flowers, that maybe just do flowers on holidays, um, but roughly about 2% of the industry is black women and floral. Okay, so do you own your own florist shop? 
I do, yes. And where is that located? In Atlanta, Georgia. I do corporate and um, anniversaries and weddings as well. Okay, and how's business going? It's going really well. It's going really well. I freelance a lot with my business, but I also take a lot of social events as well. In terms of support that uh, Black Girl Florist offers, what kind of support do you offer the different uh, female business owners that are into floral? So we start with representation. So we work with other organizations in order to let them know that we are here, that we are seasoned. We have four areas in our organization, from newbies to associate florists, all the way to veterans. I've been in the industry for 10 plus years. So if an organization is looking for a Black Girl Florist to represent in their program, we make the connection. So we are a hub where we just gather as much information as we can to redistribute it back to us. And how long have you been interested in floral work and uh, what sparked it? I've only been doing flowers for about six years now. Um, And I'm still learning so much when it comes to floral design. We have some women in the organization who have inherited shops from their families, grandparents, parents. um, And we just don't know these stories. So Black Girl Flores is telling those stories and letting people know that we are here and that we are working and that we are creating beautiful, amazing things. When you think about a show of this magnitude, for us to be the first all-black team in a show that's been around since 1829, you know, it it raises your your ears a little bit, makes you pay attention um, because we've been working, we've been doing flowers for this long. So we are just proud to be the first. That's awesome. And have you uh, also traveled to other flower shows around the United States? We have participated in other floral installations, but this is our very first flower show. Okay, so tell me about the show here and the installation that you're working on here. What is this all about? Our installation is the bomb. Literally, like flowers exploded. And it truly illustrates what we are about. Our design is long and narrow. It's in the middle of the the show floor. And on the left side, you have three barrels that are pouring out different colored flowers that illustrate our talent. If we pour out and share our talent, it culminates in the three trees of unity that cement our foundation in the industry. And if you notice on the other side of the trees, you see all of the colors coming together. You only see three colors on the barrel side, which is the purple, the magenta, and the red. But once you hit the trees, you get to the other side, you see the orange, the yellow, um, still some purple, blues. But it, it really showcases that if we pour out and share our talent with one another, the sky's the limit. I love that. So in terms of the type of flowers that you're using, were you intentional with these choices? Tell me about that. Absolutely. We were intentional to use flowers that were sturdy, that were going to be able to endure two or three week show. Um, We purposely used hardy carnations, hardy mums, um, and bright colors as well. Hot pink, bright purples, bright oranges. We also went with an array of Hawaiian varieties. So anthuriums, ginger, birds of paradise, some more hardy flowers that will be able to last a couple weeks. And of course, pin cushions, because who doesn't love those? So when someone comes here and they see this display, what do you want them to come away with? I want them to see that when black women come together to work, Um, We produce amazing things. You know, when we show up, we show up in excellence. I think I agree 100%. (laughs) I love it. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for having me.
As you walk through the array of floral delights and greenery, don't miss some of the non-professional student class displays, like Adrian Amy Stretch's class from Hilltop Preparatory School in Rosemont, PA. It's a grade 5 through 12 preparatory day school for students with learning disabilities. They integrated board games into their fun display. My class has been coming to the flower show since 2018. I personally started exhibiting with Lower Marion High School in 1990. And then when high school was over, I started exhibiting with my mom and my sister and my aunt. We became a group known as the Siblings. Okay, so this is a family affair and you kind of grew up into this. So this is just part of what you do. So tell me about this class and the students. So this is my horticulture class. They're mostly seniors this year. It's the first year that we've actually done a full year-long horticulture class versus just an activity that did the flower show. They have been studying plant growing conditions. Uh, We have a whole unit coming up on soil classification right after the flower show. They have spent the year prepping for the flower show, writing the intents. Um, We were doing family game night. They wanted to use branded games, so they wrote a letter to Hasbro and got permission from Hasbro to use Hasbro branded games. So we will be having some Scrabble and Connect Four and things like that in our exhibit. They've been working on the plant list. They created a document that includes the name of the plant and what the plant looks like so that when we do have to label our plants, they will have that information available since they're scientific names versus the names that we might call them. What's the significance of having the games in the exhibit? The overall theme for our class was family tree, and we were doing a garden room, and we thought that nothing brings families together like a family game night. So we are focusing on three generations. There's grandparents, parents, and children, and they are in the middle of a Connect Four tournament. So what are some of the flowers that you have involved in the display? We have um, a very diverse collection. We have cosmos, we have a crabapple tree, uh, Japanese maple. We have marigolds, dusty millers, things that you're going to have in your own garden. Bright colors to tie in with, you know, when you think of family and board games, you think of those bright primary colors. So we were trying to focus on those. All right. And so when all is said and done, what is it that people are going to feel when they kind of go through your display? I'm really hoping that they feel that sense of nostalgia of being a kid and playing board games. That's awesome. And as far as your students in the class, um, have they learned things that surprise them as they get their hands dirty and get involved in this? Their talent and their creativity just knocks me over. How long is it taking to put it all together? So we started yesterday morning at 10 a.m. And we uh, were worked from 10 to 5 yesterday and we have from 8 to 5 today but we have been planning since last spring. Well, very exciting, and I'm sure the students are excited too, right? They are, they're very excited. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. The Flower Show doesn't only feature professional installations, students are involved as well. Michael Laferno is an associate professor at Temple University in Ambler, where he teaches landscape architecture design build. It's a required course, but he says the students enjoy it. These are all junior students, third year students. We have a long tradition of being at the Flower Show, and they're now part of that, but it's a fresh group of students every year, so I have to break them in, so to speak, every year, a, a new cadre. So we have uh, 14 students this year, 
in the design program, and we have two Hort students here helping us out as well. Now, I know that this is a course that they have to take, but do you find that once the students take this course, they have a little bit more interest than they thought they would? I think it's challenging for some um, to convert from design to actual horticulture, and some people really take to it. They really love the plant aspect of it. Some of them are more like drawing, designing types, so it's a good, it's a good mix, and uh, they get exposed to both. And they also see how things are built and get to show off here at the Philadelphia Flower Show. It's uh, the largest show in the world, and I feel privileged to be part of it. And I've tried to instill that in them, like how important it is, because we're going to have a quarter million people coming, walking through our exhibit, right? And that's really a good way to show off our talents and everything like that. Now, tell me about this exhibit. It looks very interesting. You're going to have to walk me through this. Yes, yeah, so it is a walkthrough exhibit. We always want a walkthrough so people can actually get off the show floor and get a little bit of solitude walking through our exhibit. It's um, about the transformative aspects of nature, and we're playing on the idea of power and electric in the sense of it being exciting, electric being exciting, right? But we're also looking at old infrastructure like railroad signals and the metal towers represent some of the relics of our past that are, we see all around the countryside. So we've taken these kind of trust towers and reimagined them as ecology takes over, as plants invade these abandoned industrial kind of landscapes, and they add beauty and texture. So we've created a sort of a simulated Wissahickon rock face at the background as the centerpiece of our exhibit. It does have water flowing through that and into a little creek. And that's the whole backdrop is more rough and rustic with remnants of signal towers and whatnot. But then the front part is uh, much more modern and geometric uh, Mondrian kind of collection. So it's very stylistic just to get people to take home something from the show that they've learned. We have signage that's going to explain how they can do some of these things at home, and to sort of like, you know, not fight with nature, but work with nature. The theme of our, can you read the back of my shirt? The power of nature, plug into it. Because nature's powerful, it takes over. As things get abandoned and a year or two years later, grass is growing in a parking lot, or it's uh, taking over things and vines are growing up the walls. And so we're trying to not always fight that, but sort of learn to live along with that. Now tell me about the different plants and greenery that you chose for this particular installation. Tell me what I'm looking at. Each of the uh, academic entries in the show had to pick a color as their theme, but we chose yellow because I think being cooped up for two and a half years, is it, with COVID inside, and then yellow is a very happy color, a very vibrant color. And so we have a lot of foliage, has yellow leaves, yellow flowers. It's not just about the flowers, it's also about the texture and color of the leaves themselves. They kind of glow. It's electrifying. It's very zen, I have to say, all of this. What kind of work does it take to put into this? I see that students are very hard at work. They look like they're literally replanting some things. How long does this take and what kind of work goes into it? So we grow and force our own plants. We're lucky to have a greenhouse at Ambler. Um, We have nurtured these plants in our greenhouse on campus, and um, we um, have forced, like all of the bulbs, we had to force, you to trick them into knowing that it's, thinking that it's spring, so you got to refrigerate them and then warm them up, and 
protect them and so they look good, you know, for this week and a half at the flower show. The students are very much involved in doing the installation and uh, I think the more they work with each other, there's team building going on, you know, it's some of the things that I stress or and my co-teacher Zoe stresses is resourcefulness, responsibility and restoration. So we're trying to sort of instill that not a single plant gets thrown away. It all goes back to our campus to be planted in the Arboretum. Well, you've mentioned a lot of things that people could learn as they walk through this lovely exhibit, but what exactly would you like people to really come away with after they walk through this? I think just to embrace nature and embrace the idea that decay is okay. Let nature be nature. Yeah, that's, that's right. Plug into it. Plug into it. Got it. Thanks so much. Professor Laferno's students certainly are not afraid to get their hands dirty. As they were setting up their display, I spoke with Sydney Taroma. She's in her junior year at Temple. So I know this class is something that you have to take, but are you enjoying it? Yes, I love studio classes. It definitely is a lot every week. It's three hours, three days a week, but I really enjoy it. Okay, so is this the first time that you are setting up such an extraordinary display for the flower show? Absolutely, yeah. We do a lot of drawings, but we don't do a lot of building. So it was definitely different um, this year, and I really enjoy it. It looks really, like I said earlier, it looks very zen. It looks like if you walk into it, it's just a very peaceful display, even though we're talking about electricity and things of that nature, and the yellow. I love the color. Did you guys come up with that? Yeah, so we picked yellow. I think it's the most electric color out of the rainbow. And then we could kind of complement it with some darker purples and black plants as well. How long does it take to put something like this together? How long have you been at it so far, and how long will it be before it's all done? Yeah, so we actually designed the exhibit for about seven weeks. And it took us five weeks to build. So it was definitely rushed. Um, We didn't have that much time. That's a long time. To me, that's a long time. Five (laughs) weeks to build. I was asking your professor what he thought people should take away, should come away with when they leave this exhibit. What do you think people should come away with? So just, you know, all the different types of textures, feelings, and just emotions that plants can bring out of you. And what's your most favorite part of this display? I was a part of the PATH group, so I have to say the PATH, um, since we spent so much time working on it. Um, Yeah, the grates underneath, you can see the water underneath, so I really like that. Oh, wait, there's water underneath? Yes, yes. There's, um, it's a little basin river going underneath the PATH that you can see through, so you're walking on top of it. Oh, that's very cool. All right, well, this is excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Welcome back to Bridging Philly. Philly loves the hit TV show Abbott Elementary, and we got a little love back in a recent episode. Charity Howard has more. This week, our newsmaker is a bit of a twofer. Philly's own Mural Arts Philadelphia was recently featured on an episode of ABC's award-winning series Abbott Elementary, which happens to be created by local comedy sensation Quinta Brunson. So we sat down with Jane Golden, the executive director and driving force behind Mural Arts, to hear more about it. Jane, this is amazing. I know. I'm so excited. I cannot (laughs) believe it. I love Abbott Elementary. (laughs) So how did this all come about? Well, about a year ago, 
We did a project with them and Good Morning America when they were surprising a teacher in, at a North Philadelphia school and they were bringing uh, the school art supplies. But this one teacher, it was her dream to have a mural in this hallway. And so they came to us and said, could we paint this over the weekend? And we're like, sure. We always pull rabbits out of hats. Hat, rabbit. And so done. <laughs> we did it. And Monday morning, the teacher was surprised. And so we thought, oh, we have a little bond. But we never thought, like, where this bond would go. And then out of the blue, we heard from the marketing team at Abbott, and they said, uh, you're going to be part of an episode. And the episode's called Mural Arts. And we were like, what? <laughs> I was just like... And they sent us um, a confidential draft, and we reviewed it. And, I mean, far be it for us to tell the writers of Abbott Elementary what to do. So I'm like, looks good to me. <laughs> so you told me about a tweet. Now, give me more info. She tweeted out, and by she, you mean, of course, Brunson. Quinta Brunson, just saying how much she liked mural arts. It was one of her favorite things about the city. Yay! And that she had worked on a mural in middle school with mural arts, and the mural is still there. And so now we're all trying to figure out where. Uh, but we're just so excited. And the show is just so wonderful because, you know, I think what it does is it takes this really complicated profession teaching and it humanizes the teachers in such a wonderful way. And you see people doing their job with grace and resilience and humor. And don't we need that in today's world? We do. It almost is like alchemy, like art, like murals. That's exactly right. That's what I think. When we are working on public art projects, there's something powerful about art that is pulling us together, that's shining a light on our difference, but underscoring our commonality. It's the same with a show like Abbott and why people across our city are cheering this show and across the nation, and they should be. You know, it's just a moment to cheer our city and everything that's going right. And sometimes we just don't have a moment where we reflect on the good in our world. And when we turn on Abbott Elementary, we feel that same sort of a positive feeling that uh, the glass is really not half empty, but half full. Hey, go Philly. Go Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at Bridging Philly, at Raquel on Air, and at Shara Day. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. For Shara Day Howard and our producer, Patty McMahon, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well. <laughs>